Welcome to Milwaukee MomCast, a podcast dedicated to real stories for real parents. Produced by Milwaukee Mom, we'll tackle a variety of topics in a way we hope will make you laugh, make you think, and remind you that this whole being a parent thing can be a little wild, but at least we're in it together. So reheat your coffee, grab the headphones, and get comfy while we chat all things motherhood with a Midwest twist. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for today's episode. Really excited to introduce you to today's guest. Dave Nelson joins us in studio today and we had a conversation that really covered a wide variety of topics. Everything from the comedy scene in Milwaukee to his role and experiences as a stay-at-home father, as well as what he views to be some of the unfair stereotypes and gender assumptions that have been made about both dads and moms and what we can do to start to change that within our society. Really, this is a conversation that you're not going to want to miss. So let's jump into the episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of Milwaukee MomCast. In a first for this podcast, we have a dude on the mic today. Hi, Dave. Hello. It's like, whoa, there's such a low voice. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Sarah? I'm fabulous. I always been told I have like this low rasp in my voice, but it's not going to sound very distinguished today. Mm. Um, Really pumped to have you on the podcast today because you bring such a perspective that I'm really excited to chat more about because you are a stay-at-home dad. Correct. On top of being a otherwise very talented gentleman outside of the home as well. So can you tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. I say I'm a stay-at-home dad, and I was a stay-at-home dad, and I suppose I still am. My son was born in 2009, and shortly after he was born, I quit my full-time job to stay home with him. We had a daughter four and a half years later. I did start my own freelance editing business, copy editing, and these days, my son is in fifth grade, my daughter's in first grade, so they're in school all day. So I suppose I could still call myself a stay-at-home dad. Absolutely. Do I get to do that? Yes. Okay, even though they're in school all day. Absolutely. So I work from home and uh, do the do the stay-at-home stuff like laundry and whatnot. <laughs> dishes. A lot of dishes. Why did... Yeah, it seems like that's one of those things that the laundry multiplies, the dishes mm-hmm. don't stop. Like I, even after the entire load, I feel like we've done it twice that day. I get mm-hmm. home and it's still like crud everywhere yeah. i don't understand why that happens Laundry's tough because it's sweatshirts and the jeans instead of the shorts the worst you know what is, I'm talking yes about. and the worst mm-hmm. is the um the salts line on the jeans when we mm-hmm. get into winter when you get the pants the bottom of the pants wet and then that what is that word um capillary action brings oh. the you like that <laughs> okay yeah all right hey, hey ninth grade science coming back at me um where like the the water like wicks up the bottom of the jeans and mm-hmm. then you get the salt line oh, on yeah. the mm-hmm. oh man and on snow pants the boots snow pants get all shredded at the bottoms and they get the salt stains uh-huh. and then you wash those but you don't wash them too often because oh, yeah. you're gonna ruin them and the stinky mittens the yeah. wet mittens mm-hmm. are the worst because my well my house already smells like a locker room half of the time because I have three sons, mm-hmm. but in the winter when they've got they come in and they literally just like shed all of this nonsense of their boots and their mittens and their mm-hmm. hats that are wet and then they just like plunk them down there and then I go in to try to actually do laundry and I'm tripping over everything and it, and it just stinks to mm. high heaven and I'm like oh that's right this is why I hate winter mm-hmm. yeah it's even less to do with the cold and more to do with all the nonsense that goes with it yeah. So, yeah, it takes 10 minutes just to get everyone ready. 
to get out of the house with the boots and the snow pants and the scarves and the hats and the mittens and the gloves. Yeah, I know. But I talked about this in a previous episode, too. Mm -hmm. I remind myself that there are many reasons why I live where the air hurts my face, and most of them are related to not wanting to deal with creatures that want to kill me. Okay. Like snakes, crocodiles, Mm -hmm. poisonous spiders, things like that. Like people in Florida, this is a daily struggle that mm-hmm. they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like crocodiles, like climbing into their yard and yeah. their pools. There's a crocodile on the loose around here, though. That's not in true. In Milwaukee, some it was well. It's on the it was on the east side of Milwaukee. It was Come like his on. pet. It was a few months ago. I'm and sorry. It jumped, a pet I don't know. Like it jumped crocodile? out a window or something. Or maybe I'm getting my facts wrong. Um, <laughs> maybe it wasn't a crocodile. <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't think a crocodile can jump out a but window. Like there can was, it? I don't know. Uh, what do I look like? And. Uh, <laughs> But it was some guy who had some kind of pet that he shouldn't have had, just, and it got out a window. And then there was a okay, you know, like an, a, an APB went out. I know we had the Milwaukee uh, lion. The, the Milwaukee lion mm-hmm. that was what three years ago. That if thing we was feel like around? it was three years ago, it was probably five. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said something the other day about like ten years ago. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, like back in like two thousand, two thousand one, and I had to go, oh, honey, <laughs> that's almost twenty years. That wasn't ago. ten years ago. Yeah. You know, it's just it's really hard to to swallow that for some reason. Mm-hmm. So on top of the, you know, you're doing, you got the dad gig, you're yeah. um, also doing your freelance grammar geek thing, mm-hmm. which I want to talk a little bit more about sure. as well. Um, You've got another another gig on top of it, so you're really Correct. got triple duty here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I perform at Comedy Sports, which is so fantastic. Yeah, isn't that I love nice? That place. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I've been there since I started taking classes in 1992. Are you kidding? And started performing in shows in 1997. Wow! And so I've been doing that for 22 years now, performing. And for a while there, it was every weekend when I first became a stay-at-home dad. Now my wife is a high school art teacher, and she's very good at her job, and she's department chair. And she, we never talked about her quitting her job. Uh, she's an art teacher, and she's full-time at one school. And that's a rare thing these days. Especially as, in the arts. Yeah, as, as school districts cut art and music... You have art teachers who are traveling to two or three different schools a week. They're at one school in the morning, a yeah. different school in the afternoon. They're f- maybe not full-time, they're part-time. So she was department chair, full-time, at a pretty good high school in a pretty good school district. Had she quit her job to stay home with the kids, she never would have gotten that position again. Yeah. It would have come down to... It was to, kind of the unicorn. Yeah. like f- it, She would have been facing either unemployment when it was time for her to get back in the workforce or she would have had to become some sort of traveling elementary art teacher right. doing finger painting and whatnot. And she didn't want to do that. And we looked at daycares mm-hmm. like a lot of people do. And we saw some great daycares that had waiting lists and we saw some not so great daycares that we didn't want to put our kids in. And yeah. we saw some daycares that were fine. Yeah. And we figured, okay, our kid will be safe here. But my job, I was working at an ad agency as a proofreader and proofreading and copy editing is something that there's really no reason you can't do it from home right uh as long as you find someone to pay you to Mm -hmm, do it mm -hmm. so i had always wanted to go freelance anyway so i thought okay how about we do this how about i quit my job stay home with the kid kid at the time kids later and launch this freelance business it made more sense for me to do that than for her to try to do something like that yeah totally and then i also had comedy sports which my wife christine also does that's how we met 
Oh, she performs there too? She performs there too. Oh, that's so fun. She doesn't do it as often now as she used to. But at the time that I became a stay-at-home dad, I, part of that was talking to Comedy Sports, the management, yeah, and asking them, can you give me more shows? Can I teach some classes here? Can we... Right. Can I increase my hours, so to speak? Because um, I should... I should make clear I'm not trying to toot my own flute here, but there's confusion toot, toot over the there's it's confusion fine. over this sometimes. <laughs> Comedy sports is a job for me. I get paid for that. So I get paid to do shows and I get paid to teach classes and such. So when I became the stay-at-home dad, half of my income then became my freelance work from home work and half of my income became comedy sports. So yep. at that point I was doing you know, the holiday season is big at comedy sports. We do a lot of private corporate shows and things like that. Like holiday parties. So holiday and parties, and that, yeah. right. So you're doing five, six, seven shows a weekend. Holy cow, a weekend? And, yeah. Wow. And because we do two shows a night, Friday night and Saturday night at comedy sports. And then on any given Saturday in December or January, we might have three or four more shows out at hotel conference rooms around southeastern wisconsin those are the private events because there's the like the headquarters location there that does like the standing that's ones, right and then that's you've it you've got like travel teams right right that's yeah. it 420 south first street so Perfect. there are about 30 of us who perform at comedy sports okay. so like i said on any given saturday night you'll have a 7 30 show and a 10 o'clock show at comedy sports at 420 south first street there's a full bar stage it seats about 180 people so those shows will be happening while a holiday party for, you know, Johnson Controls will be going on at a hotel somewhere in Pewaukee. Gotcha. So we'll send five people out to do that show in Pewaukee, and then we'll have seven people in-house doing the in-house shows. So <clears throat> that's a lot to juggle. It is. So that became my life for a while. Stay-at-home dad during the day, doing my freelance work during nap time and at night, and then many nights and every weekend going teaching classes or doing shows at that sounds like sports. an insanely full schedule it was but it was also great it was yeah. it was because then i also did work full-time outside the home for about a year last year and the the option of stay-at-home dad and part-time freelancer and part-time comedian i'll take that any day of the week <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it was just many people many of your listeners out there know that two full-time working parents outside oh, yeah. the home with kids, that's hard. It's very hard. That's a challenge, yeah. I'd push back a little on everything, though, and anytime you say, like, oh, this particular scenario is hard, yes, it is. And then you take this scenario, this scenario, also hard, yes, it Absolutely. is. Absolutely, it's all hard. You know, and, yeah. I, and I think a lot of times we fall into this trap of being like, my heart is harder than your heart, which really sounds bad when I say that out loud. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> But I think you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. It's hard for everyone. It is. And it's not a competition. And So I, many of us want to make it into uh, one, yeah. though, doesn't it? Everything. Feel like that so many people want to make everything into a competition. I know. And, you know, do I have it pretty good? I do. I'm mm -hmm. thankful. If I were the type of person to use hashtag blessed, I would use hashtag blessed. <laughs> I have it pretty good. And we made sacrifices when I decided to stop working full time. But we've done it and we've made it through and totally. we're doing all right. So and I want to dig into some mm -hmm. of the perhaps surprising moments and some of the uh, stereotypes and assumptions maybe that are made sure. uh, that you've experienced because, you know, 
we're going to get into kind of these challenging, these, I want I'm using air quotes, even though you can't see me, these like traditional gender roles, right. When it comes Mm -hmm. to the roles in the family, but as a stay at home dad, I've, I've heard you actually say, or I can't remember if I heard you say this or you typed it, but either way, I grabbed this quote right out of your mouth and it said, stay at home dads are just like stay at home moms. Can you expand on this statement and kind of describe what that's looked like in your experience? Sure. When I say stay-at-home dads are just like stay-at-home moms, I say, I'm say i saying most stay-at-home dads are just like many stay-at-home moms. Yes. I can't speak for everyone. I don't know what everyone's situation is. In general, we're going to make a blanket statement. Home. We're speaking to the rule rather right. than the exception. I can, right. <laughs> I can speak for myself, and I can speak for what I have observed in other yes. families. And that is two or three days into my stay-at-home dad role. Mm-hmm. I took a look around the house and said, okay, I'm going to do this right. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is going to become, those are going to become laundry days. Tuesday is going to be clean the kitchen floor day. Thursday is going to be clean the bathroom day. Uh, I want to try to get the kid out of the house every day somehow because he's not in daycare and he needs to socialize. So we started going to play groups on Mondays at the community center. We started going to library story times on Tuesdays. Tuesday also became Target Tuesday, and Wednesday nice. became Woodman's Wednesday. And <laughs> so I wasn't going to do this thing. I would get asked by stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. They would ask me, what do you do all day? And now really? you, you never ask a stay-at-home mom what she does all day unless you want to... Get punched get, in the throat. Right, right. I mean... Because she's doing important work all day. Absolutely. She's, yeah, she's taking care of business. But people would ask me, and what was funny is that it was stay-at-home moms asking me. That is curious. What do you do all day? And one time, one of them asked me that. Uh, we ran into each other at the grocery store mm-hmm. while we were shopping for uh, our doing dinner this. that night. Right. And she asked, <laughs> so what do you do all day? And I said, well, uh, I do a lot of the same things you do all day. Uh-huh. Like, for instance, here we are both at the grocery store. <laughs> shopping for food <laughs> right. for dinner. And so that's what I mean by stay-at-home moms. Stay-at-home dads are just like stay-at-home moms. We, we, there's, I don't sit around and play video games all day. <laughs> you feel like that's and probably the assumption quickly, that was being made? Someone actually said that to me. Those are someone else's are words. Serious? Someone was like, what do you play video games all day and then quick wash the dishes before your wife gets home? Yeah, that's exactly what I do. What just kind in- of, can we swear on this? I can always put in a little bleep okay. sound if I need to. <laughs> I'll say, then I'll say crappy instead because <laughs> okay. I think we can say that. What kind of crappy partner would I be if I sat around and played video games all day? Yeah. And expected my wife, who was working full time and paying the mortgage, mm-hmm. if I expected her to come home and do my laundry for me yeah. and get dinner on the table every night, that's not fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not okay. It's not okay. And right. so, right, there's this assumption. And people say things. And I, I used to, before I started blogging for Milwaukee Moms, I wrote a blog of my own. Mm-hmm about things people would say to stay-at-home dads. And they, we, you know, we get called babysitters because yeah. we're, you know, and we get called Mr. Mom, oh, which I don't particularly geez. like. Do you feel like that's because... the fault of that movie? Or do you think it was like <laughs> set up prior to that movie that well, just perpetuated that term? That was a term before that movie, I think. That movie was 1983. We're talking about, I'm sorry, of course... you just knew off the top of your head that that movie came out in 1983? I do. I'm I do, really yeah. impressed right well, now, but for a number of reasons. Uh, Not the least of which you knew that number. If our listeners at home aren't aware, that's the Michael Keaton... Terry Gar hit 
I'm going to have to put the link in the, to IMDb in the show notes uh, to now. To Mr. Mom, but it's been rebooted as a TV show now. Really? Yeah, which I haven't watched, but it, it was rebooted this year, 2019. Are you? That's okay. And it's a TV show called it. Mr. Mom. No thanks. And it's, I don't, I'm not down with all the streaming channels, but apparently Walmart has its own streaming TV channel. Really? It's on the Walmart channel. It's on the I Wal- know I'm this. Sorry. <laughs> I know this because Mr. I. Mr. Mom reboot is on the Walmart channel. <laughs> I only know this because I turned on the Roku one day oh and an gosh. ad for it popped up on my home screen. Mr. Mom, the new TV show, All September right. now 2019. Now that's creepy that that would pop up for you. Maybe, yeah. That's that's a little creepy, that's, don't you think? Uh, it might be. Uh, they're all listening. Everyone's listening. That's like the and time when I said when I when we wanted to test the Siri and I pulled my phone up to my mouth and I said mm-hmm. "purple mattress" three times, even though I had never had an ad for a purple mattress before ever. The next day, whole timeline filled with ads for purple mattresses. That's right. It's the Illuminati. So I was Just I was kidding. ranting one day about being called Mr. Mom, and then look and what there happened. There it was. There's an ad for Mr. Mom, but from what Ugh. I understand in this new show. Uh, it's a little more true to 2019. So the mom and dad both have careers. The mom gets a great career opportunity. The uh-huh. dad has never really enjoyed his career, so he decides to launch his own business. Okay. So he becomes a stay-at-home, work-from-home dad while the mom explores her career. So that's a little more 2019. Right. The question will be whether or not they still portray the dad as the bumbling buffoon right. who can't figure out how to put a diaper on. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He's successfully running his own home business, but can't wash a plate. Right. right. That's. I think that's kind of <laughs> going to be where the, right. the question the everybody comes in. But I apologize. We got you off on a tangent. No, that's so okay. you were we talking did. about some of the things that had been said to you. Like Mr. Mom. For which example. is, so I'm baking a cake for my kid's birthday, right? That doesn't make me Mr. Mom. That makes me dad. Yeah. Because dads bake cakes too. Dads change diapers too. Dads go grocery shopping. If we say Mr. Mom, when a dad is doing parenting things, it's not, I'm not concerned about myself because Mm -hmm. let me make this clear. Any sexism I think I've encountered against me or any gender-based discrimination I think I've encountered is nothing compared to what you as a woman, I assume, have experienced your entire life. So I am not the victim here when we call when someone calls me Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. The it's perpetuating the idea that it's the mom's job to bake the cake, that it's the mom's job to wash the dishes and do the grocery shopping and do the cooking. So when I'm called Mr. Mom, mm-hmm. I don't like it. No, I can see but that. But I'll be fine. Yes. You'll <laughs> it, be it's, fine. What I don't like is the ingrained gender roles that are coming right. out when someone does that and when someone calls me mr mom are they putting all that thought into it that i just put into it no they're no. not but still words matter absolutely and we shouldn't call a man taking care of his kids mr mom and we or shouldn't call him a babysitter yeah and one time someone said oh you know oh stay at home dad that's fun oh and- <laughs> it's fun is right. it and it is fun of course but, great. but that's not what they meant and she said that's not what they meant so the kids it's you know the kids get to do all that fun dad stuff all day like don't tell mom is what oh, she said oh that's what they were getting at that like you were like like so, conniving to like just feed them gummy right. bears and, and I don't cupcakes know, for lunch i don't know what that's probably what she thought yeah. was happening and that day i had done four loads of laundry and gone grocery shopping like, yeah, yeah, fun dad right. stuff. Don't ooh, tell mom. Ooh. Right. We're getting wild up in here. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of stuff people yeah. say that bugs me a little bit. Oh, I can see I can see that. And um, in my personal, from our experience 
in our roles, um, my husband used to travel a lot for work. And I, by travel, I mean like literally go to China for mm-hmm. um, two weeks at a time, give or take each time, sometimes upwards of five or six times a year. And this was when our kids were very, very young. I remember one time he went when um, our middle son was, I think, maybe two weeks old. I mean, we're talking brand spanking yeah. new, mm-hmm. right? And so he's gone to China on these trips. He counted in his passport over two dozen times. Mm. And we were actually having a conversation about exactly this. And I asked him, how many times when you were in China, mm-hmm. did you have literally anybody, not, one I person, I know where you're going with this. did you have a single person say to you, who's taking care of the kids mm-hmm. while you're here? Right. He said, in all of the years that I've gone in over two dozen trips, I have not been asked that question a single time. Yeah. Not once. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... I go to a conference or I go, you know, on a girls weekend with mm-hmm. my friends or, you know, literally whatever. Even if I'm just going to an event on an evening, mm-hmm. we're like, I'm 30 miles away. Uh-huh. I'll, I'd say probably 50% of the time I get, so who's at home with the kids? Mm. Like, what, what, what is that? Where is mm-hmm. that coming from? You know, I. And then when you answer uh, their, their dad. dad did they ever come back with? Oh, that's oh, so nice. Oh, okay. What a good dad. <laughs> that's so sweet. What do you think they're doing? Do they just get pizza uh, and watch a movie? Are they just, what do they do? Are they having so much fun? No bedtimes. Ice cream for everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I see what you're saying where there's, you know, and again, like you said, it's not like you're saying like, you know, we really, we need to rise up against the oppression against. <laughs> right. I'm a, I'm a white, I'm men. a white, straight, <laughs> cisgendered male in America. You're doing I w- just fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Dave's going to be fine. I'll be all right, everybody. Don't worry about me. We don't need to launch the GoFundMe. He's going (laughs) to be okay. But, you know, but all that to say that these things do exist and these uh, these assumptions are Mm -hmm. in place and for, you know, better or for worse, they're inaccurate and unfair. Right. And really, at the end of the day, the the it hurts women more than it hurts men. It does. Because it keeps this assumption that you belong at home Mm. taking care of of those kids that if dad does it oh that's sweet yeah people like it's so cute and precious it's so nice i saw one mom god lover she posted on the facebook one night like oh so thankful mm-hmm. that my husband whatever his name was george i don't know so thankful that george is taking care of bedtime tonight so mama can get a little time at the gym and the comments were just oh my god what a great dad hang on to him George is a keeper. Hashtag blessed. Again with the yeah. hashtag blessed. We, that just needs to go. It's away. like for the love of... It's she, it right, 364 days out of the year, she handled bedtime. And one night, George does. And boy, is he a hero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kinda, th- thank you, George. But at the same thank time, you, George, like, it's great. Hey, George, why don't we... Look, can we try two Yep. Mm-hmm. Nights, Let's maybe make next this the week? norm. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that class That class repeats three times a week. It would be really cool if, you know, maybe Karen could go all three mm-hmm. times. And if this just becomes how we do it now. Yeah. Like, yeah. wouldn't that be cool, George? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and he doesn't get a ticker tape parade for it on Facebook. <laughs> a ticker tape parade for it. Um, so apart from the encounter in the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, have there been any other, like, sort of awkward moments where you've either been the only dad in a particular situation or just, like, those kind of awkward conversations that you've had where there's the assumptions been made that you are either like aren't the primary parent. I use that word very hesitantly, right? But for lack of a better term, I'm gonna go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I, as far as awkwardness goes, I've never felt awkward. Uh, I don't know how the moms feel, though. <laughs> and like, because I would go to play group uh-huh. at the Bayview Community Center every, okay. every Monday. And it's a great little group. And anytime I would go to something like that or go to one of the several indoor playgrounds in yeah. our area, such as the Big Backyard uh, and Kids in Motion. I would often be the only dad or maybe one of two dads mm-hmm. among 10 to 15, 20 moms. And was it ever awkward for me? Not in the least. I'm fine. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I could tell sometimes, and this is, I don't know if this is my perception and how close it is to reality and whatnot. There were some moms extremely welcoming of yeah. the only dad in the group. And there were some moms who it appeared would prefer to not look at me, not talk to me. Maybe they don't know what to talk to me about because mm. you'd hear the moms talking about snacks and bedtime routines and nap time routines and the things that new parents talk about right, right. with young children. Feeding schedules, potty training, all you that name kind it. of stuff. Yeah, you and it. here's the thing is that I can talk about all that stuff too. I was the home stay-at-home primary daytime caregiver. Yeah. I can I can have conversations like that. But I think the assumption on their part is this dad doesn't want to talk about that kind of stuff. And that we all base our assumptions on our own experiences. So maybe their partners don't talk about that stuff or their dads don't talk about that stuff. Was that lonely? Um, Again, I'll be fine. Like <laughs> it, it's, it, I'm a big boy. Yeah, it's okay if when I when I go to playgroup, none of the moms talk to me. I'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> but I felt bad for my kids a little bit because from the playgroups come play dates and exchanging oh, phone okay. numbers and exchanging yeah. email addresses and stuff like that and meeting up at the park. And there were times we got left out of that. I see because. It's, it's, I don't know, it feels, maybe it feels weird for the mom to approach the dad and ask for his phone number so we can arrange Or to give date. her number to the man. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so I just felt like my kids were missing out a little bit. Like of all the things of having a stay-at-home dad brought on, I don't think my kids missed out on right. like nurturing or anything like that. Um, I think they got a great experience having a stay-at-home dad and had my wife stayed home, they would have had a great experience with her too. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that seemed to be missing was when kids are one and two years old, their connections are often based on their parents' connections. Yeah. When the parents are friends, the kids become friends. And it was a little harder for me to make friends among the stay-at-home parents in my neighborhood because most of them were moms. It's so interesting that you say that that was probably the biggest challenge because, I mean, we hear it time and time and again from moms. I mean, we've had how many posts just written on the website in the last year about the struggle to make friends and the, mm-hmm. the, the pervasive feeling of loneliness. And um, so it's it's interesting that that holds true for you as well, but in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of reiterates this point that you made at the very beginning, like, hey, it's just my situation has been exactly just the same as a stay-at-home mom's. Right. And I think there were some times when there, I would feel it if there was another dad at the playgroup or at the library story time. So maybe there's two dads and 18 moms. Okay. I would feel it and the other dad would feel it. And we, I've even talked to a couple dads about this. Yeah. I think the expectation is that now he and I will talk. Okay. Because we'll talk about whatever dads talk about. You'll go up and talk about sports <laughs> and grunt. <laughs> and, and I can talk brewers 
from here to Tuesday. But I, if if you come up to me and start talking college football, I have no clue. I'm sorry. Yeah. And maybe I don't know. So I'm noting that because I'm big into college football, so okay. I'm just not going to bring that up. Later. Sure. It's fine. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. So right, whatever whatever it is the other dad and I are supposed to talk about. Uh huh. I mean, we're all parents. Yeah. Can we all talk about what kind of laundry detergent we use for our kids' sensitive skin? Because <laughs> I can have those conversations, too. Yep. And honestly, when my kid is a year old, that's my life totally. at that point. So that's the biggest thing going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I hear that, too, that any parent, when they leave their career or when they put their career on hold or when they're doing their career half the time and being full-time daytime parent half the time, it's a lonely existence. You actually wrote a post and it was called, Come on, Dads, It's Time to Do More, where you directly address the mental load. Mm-hmm. How has being, we're going to, I'm going to read a couple snippets from it in just a minute, but how has being a stay-at-home dad helped you to understand the mental load of motherhood in particular? Mm-hmm. I was always aware of the ben- of the mental load, I think, since childhood, because I watched my mom and my dad mm-hmm. interact. I didn't have a word for it, a term for it, until yeah, yeah. probably a few years ago. It was ago. just how it is. Right. Yeah. And because I noticed that my mom not just did more chores, because when we're talking the mental load, we're not just talking about how you divide chores. Correct. You're talking about the management of the household. The knowing of all of the things. Yes. Remembering when we're at the grocery store, whether we need more pickles, Mm -hmm. because how many do we have? Well, we have half a jar in the fridge and a full jar in the pantry, so we're good. We don't need to but buy more pickles. But this kid doesn't like that variety of pickles. He only likes this kind. So I oh, right. remember it's that. Oh, right. It's yep. the Milwaukee Pickles um, <laughs> Petite Dills. My <laughs> son gets four to five of them every day in his lunch, depending on size. So, depending on size. Some are smaller than others. <laughs> well, that, that goes without saying. <laughs> So anyway, uh, <laughs> moving along, yeah, moving right along. Uh, so <laughs> I would witness it with my parents that my mom would handle not just everything around the house. And my mom didn't have a full time job outside the home. OK. And my dad did. But not just that, but the entire raising of the children was her responsibility. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, and I noticed that at a young age. And then mm-hmm. my dad retired. And he still didn't do anything around the house. Like she still, my mom still waited on him hand and foot. Yeah. And I saw the injustice in that. (laughs) And it's like, dad, you can get up and make your own sandwich now. You're retired. Were your parents baby boomers? Um, I suppose they were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I was aware of the mental load, but then becoming a stay-at-home dad and learning about it. And there was a good comic that made the rounds on social media called The Mental Load a few years ago by a French cartoonist uh, writer named Emma. And that really kind of opened my eyes to it. Um, so yeah, once I became a stay-at-home dad, I became a person of lists. So mm-hmm. I have all my lists. This is what I have to do today. This is what I have to do tomorrow. Here's my Target list. Here's my grocery store list. Here's my Walgreens list. Mm-hmm. And my wife, God love her. She's wonderful and a beautiful person and a perfect partner. Um, but she just didn't have to think about any of that yeah, stuff. Right. And she and that's and she's a mom and moms worry constantly. So it's not to say she had this carefree life with nothing to worry about. She's a a full-time working mom is a hard thing to do. Uh, So my stumbling, rambling answer is uh, it learning the term mental load sort of opened my eyes and it made me say, yeah, that's what it is. It's a mental load. It's not a list of chores. 
Well, and you, in your post, you defined it as the term for the intangible burdens placed on moms. Make no mistake, the mental load is not about who does which chores. Rather, it's about managing every little thing that comes with having a family, making the appointments, emailing the teachers, knowing which kid loves scrambled eggs and which kid hates them, or in your case, which variety of pickles Mm -hmm. and how many, and do we still have some, do we need more? Mm -hmm. Um, I'll get that, um, a phone call like just or a text in the middle of the day i'll be here at the office or doing whatever from my husband hey do we need fill in the blank mm-hmm. with whatever thing yeah. right there and, and i and i sometimes probably 80 percent of the time we'll be able to say uh well there's this many still left in the fridge we'll go through this many because this kid blah blah so yeah 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 we do yeah mm-hmm. we need that <laughs> right mm-hmm. and i've been there too mm-hmm. and some people will say I was going to say some men will say it, but women say it too. Some people will say, ah, women are just better at that. They're just, they have that mind. Mm-hmm. They notice things. Mm-hmm. And that's just, we can't swear. That's just BS. <laughs> it is because it, it, there's nothing biological or chemical about my wife that should cause her to know how many pickles we have yeah. in the pantry. <laughs> The reason I know these things is I'm the one who's home during the day and I'm the one who packs the lunches. Right. So it's not biological. It's not nature. It's nurture. It's it's the environment we put ourselves in. So, yeah, I I hear you on the texts. I'm the one who keeps track of all that stuff because I'm the one who's home all day. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a man, she's a woman, any of that kind of stuff. So would you say it's fair to say that from in your opinion that this mental load that we now know is a thing that we know for the most part 9.8 times out of 10 tends to just invisibly rest on the shoulders of mom Mm -hmm. would you say it's fair to say in your estimation that that's because it's kind of been handed down through this kind of generational assumptions and we're getting better at it or do you feel like this it's kind of just getting worse or being perpetuated or staying the same what what how would you well it's everywhere we look i yeah. mean like i said we base it on the own our on our own experiences that we grew up with so we see what our mom and dad did and then that just becomes what we do and the and we see it everywhere mm-hmm. and we we had a <clears throat> visitor in our home recently and uh she was an adult and playing with my daughter, who's six, but was five at the time. And my daughter was cleaning up her room. Okay. And this visitor said, oh, you're cleaning your room. Mom, that'll make mom really happy. And we just say things like that, yeah. right? It yeah. just comes out. It just out. comes out. And my daughter laughed and said, <laughs> you mean daddy. It'll make daddy really happy. In Silly my, in visitor. My, right. Because in yeah. my daughter's world, yeah. I'm daddy cleans the house. And... So that's what she's growing up with. But what did you and I grow up with? Totally, Probably yeah. watching our moms clean the house. And then I read an article a few years ago about millennials. And you know millennials, right? You're a millennial, aren't you? Okay. To be clear, <laughs> I, yeah. always, I always have to qualify this. I'm in that micro generation sure. of the Xennials, where it's the in-between Gen X and the mm-hmm. Millennials, because I, right. I was born in 83. Mm-hmm. So there's like this little sliver of us who were born in the time when we, re- we you know grew up. We remember what it was like before the internet and all of these things. But then we've had to literally develop and grow up alongside of it and actually teach our parents about it at, mm-hmm. at, from a young age, because I actually remember 
remember sitting on my dad's lap at our Commodore 64 mm-hmm. and learning how to code. Oh, all so, right. Yeah, so I'm I I will stand by that. Okay. I am in the I am and not that there's okay. Let's I was gonna say you can be a millennial, Sarah. No, you're, I know. You're, this is a safe place <laughs> here where you can space. be. It's because people use millennials an insult. And it, that's so unfair. Do. It is unfair. It yeah. is, but I do I do like to point that out though because okay. like otherwise if when I, sometimes when I talk to those who are in millennials, um, they'll I'll make a reference and they stare at me blankly mm-hmm. and then I'm like oh shoot that's right this was before you were born so I'm right. like I, I I strongly identify as a zennial but c- carry on. <laughs> so there was an article I read about millennials and how millennials are the first generation to say. We're gonna share this parenting thing 50-50. Okay. We're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna buck the trend. We're gonna go against what our parents did. And then they have kids and then it it changes. And hmm. the mom does end up taking on the mental load. And the article kind of explored some of the reasons. And we sink into the habits that we grew up watching. Also, there's the workplace factor. When when my son was born, I was still working full time at an ad agency. And our hours were supposed to be nine to five, but nobody left at five. Right. We all stuck around afterwards because we all want to show that we're dedicated and ambitious. Yep. And then once I had a kid, I'm like, I'm leaving at five. I'm out of here. I got a kid at home. I'm, I have this baby at home. And I noticed moms would leave at five. And it was cool because, mm-hmm. well, they're moms. They have to get home They've and go. make yep. dinner for their husbands. Absolutely. And bring their husbands their pipes and newspapers <laughs> and whatnot. And slippers. And, right. And, and turn and, on the, the uh, leave it to beaver. And so what people who begin with good intentions of we're going to do this parenting thing 50-50, what they end up finding is the the men often find that their bosses don't understand oh why why do you need a day off why do you need why can't you travel for work yeah is what the bosses will ask what do you mean your kid is vomiting and you have to stay home because they can't go to school today exactly whereas moms it's like oh she had to stay home today her kid's vomiting Mm-hmm. And it's understood and it's cool. And that's un- that's unfair. <laughs> and it's BS again. Yeah. And again, ultimately, the victims there are moms because that work trip that the dad gets to take is ultimately going to help him yeah. and help his career. And then you've got the whole contingent of the working mom that travels a lot yes. and all of the nonsense that they're that they have to put up with from people saying the thing i mean i have a very good friend who literally just traveled to guatemala Mm -hmm. for work and the comments of just like oh my gosh it just must be so hard for you to be away from your kids well yeah yeah but it would be but like i I gotta go Mm -hmm. it's work right you know yes it's hard but you know that's that's work Mm -hmm. and like you know just the the, she's gotten some really nasty things said to her Mm -hmm. you know like just she was even talking about how one of her kids was really struggling with the transition to kindergarten Mm -hmm. and somebody had the audacity to say well do you think maybe it's because you're gone so much yeah not even making this up this is 100 legit Mm -hmm. and that hurt her so much because you know she's already feeling like you know yeah of course i would like to be around more Mm -hmm. you know but to imply that that's my fault or that you know it's just it's hard and again i can complain about things people have said to me and it all pales in comparison to the things people say to moms and all the things that people say to me and the things that people say to moms are all coming from the same place and that place is this expectation that you as a mom belong at home Mm -hmm. taking care of your kids so that's the unfairness 
underlying all of this. And it's worth saying that for the mom and or the 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 family that has you know that's determined this is the best fit for our family. I find joy in it. I find fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's a okay. One hundred and ten percent. Amen. It's just when there's this assumption that that is the quote unquote right way that it has to be for everybody that we start to fall into these issues. Right. Yeah. And this idea that, well, she handles all that stuff because she's just, she's just better at it than I am. Or you remember that idiot who wrote that book, uh, the men are from Mars <laughs> remember that book. Idiot. The men are from Mars. I'm a big dummy. Is that what? Uh, women it? are from, from from Venus. Women are from men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Uh, I'm a lazy jerk. I think was the entire title. <laughs> was that the subtitle? Because, I don't yeah, remember that being the subtitle. John Gray was his name, and he he would say ridiculous things like, you know, not only is my wife better at cleaning the house than I am, and he'd he'd give some kind of BS biological explanation for that. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, wow. and you know, it's just it's in her instincts as a woman. Not only is she better at it than I am, but it brings her joy because it fulfills this need that mm. has been in the woman since prehistoric times to do my laundry and clean the house. Okay. <laughs> and that was his argument for why his wife, why he right. lets his wife do all that He lets work her do those things. So that she can feel fulfilled. Absolutely. Be- oh, it's very selfless of him. As a woman, right. Yeah. So anyway, I, that is all just, that is the, the greatest lengths I've ever seen a man go to avoid cleaning <laughs> i mean a, i hate to cleaning. write a book about I hate it, it. Yeah. but goodness sakes that writing a book is a whole lot more work than but, scrubbing a but toilet we hear these things and some people believe them i think and that's what perpetuates the mental load being placed on mm. women this idea that well they're just better at it they're just naturally better at it than men like eh, i don't think that's i think we've been told that our whole lives and then we believe it yeah there's a great book called okay. delusions of gender Ooh. by Cordelia Fine. And she takes a lot of these assumptions that we've made over the years that like, well, boys are better at math than girls and all that kind of stuff. And she kind of just blows them apart Ooh, and, fun. and picks apart where the research went wrong. And like women are naturally more inclined toward empathy than men. That's false. Men are just as capable of empathy as women. But we've been told since the time, since before we can remember that women are more empathetic and that boys are better at math. And it's it's a sad situation. But if we talk about why we are where we are now with the mental load being placed mostly on women, it's just because it's what we've seen and heard and been told to believe, I think, forever. Um, there's a Netflix documentary, um, and the, the name is escaping me right now, but something like The Masks, the masks We Live In. The, I mask, think it's the mask You Live In. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? I did. It was fantastic. And there was one that the same people made before that called Misrepresentation. Oh, I haven't seen that one. And it was a similar documentary, but about girls. Interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen... Funny, I watched the one about boys, but um, because I have sons. Mm -hmm. Um, It was... It was like really hard to watch, Mm -hmm. but really helpful as well. And I thought that was very well done. And um, it's it's weird to say that I liked it because that's that's kind of a weird thing to say. Because it's an upsetting (laughs) documentary. Yeah, yeah, but I I found it to be, you know, powerful and important and really well done. So. And it's called The Mask You Live In. Yes, I knew it was something about And it's about about toxic masculinity. And I think the biggest takeaway from it and it's in the trailer for the movie, is that the worst thing you can tell a boy is be a man. Mm. Because what does that mean? Right. It means a lot. It doesn't mean anything good. 
Not in that context. Not in that context. It means don't show your emotions. Yeah. Don't don't cry. You know, Mm -hmm. toughen up. Put it all in. Tuck it all away. Put on a mask. That's the mask you live in. That's where it comes from. Yeah, definitely recommended watching from where I'm sitting. Um, One of the I'm going to come back to something that you had mentioned where you were giving the example about your daughter cleaning the room and like, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, this is going to make mom so happy. And she giggles and says, oh, you mean dad. Um, Tell us about the lesson that you learned from your daughter with the packing lunches. Yeah, this was an inspiration for one of my other blog posts. My daughter came home one day and she was telling me what all her friends bring in their lunch. And she was saying, you know, this kid, uh, her dad packs her an apple and this kid's dad packs him, um, cheese and this kid's Mm -hmm. dad packs her a juice box and it was of what all these other dads pack their kids and i thought how cool is that all these dads packing lunches and then i realized wait a minute my kid's five she doesn't know who packs these kids she didn't like ask like the follow-up question like oh so your dad put that in there that's great what's his name (laughs) she just assumed yep that their dads pack their lunches because she's watched me pack her big brother's lunch every day for as long as she can remember, yep. and I pack her lunch every day. Mm-hmm. So, w- do you know the book uh, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No yes. Good, Very Bad yes. Day? Yes, when he gets the gum in his hair he and does. all of that. Yep. And there's a page in that book where he talks about what he got in his lunch and what his friends got in their lunches. And it's all, you know, this kid's mom packed him a cupcake and this kid's mom packed him cookies, but my mom packed me, you know, grapes or whatever terrible <laughs> no good horrible right. very bad and it's day. all my mom packed and this and when i would read that to my kids i would change it and alternate mom and dad mm. maybe throw in a grandma because why not because you don't know who's packing you never lunches, know but we assume it's the mom and so my daughter in a reversal assumed it was the dad's packing the lunches and how cool is that and that's because she's a product of her environment and she grew up watching dad's pack lunches and she'll go out into the world assuming dad's pack lunches. Yeah, I want to actually even read this snippet from this post that you wrote about that. You said, it's a small thing packing lunch for your kids, but it's kind of a big thing too because it's bigger than lunches. Everything we do in front of our kids teaches them how to act and what to expect in life. My son will go into parenthood thinking packing lunches is his job as a man. My daughter will go into parenthood knowing that packing lunches isn't automatically her job as a woman. And I think that distinction that you make there where with with your daughter, where it says, you know, that knowing that it isn't automatically her job. Yeah, she could pack a lunch if she wants to. Absolutely. But it isn't inherent in her role as a female to do it. If she becomes a mother someday and packs her kids lunches, I think that's great. And I hope she's doing it because she and her partner have figured out that that's the best thing for them to do. I hope she's not doing it because she grew up in a world where she was told it's her job yeah. to make a sandwich for her kid and for her husband. Uh, so yeah, whatever works for everybody works for everybody, but it's not automatically her job. Uh, you also, like you literally just sent me this article the other day before we were starting to record the podcast and you're like, can I just read this? And so I will definitely have to put the link to this uh, in our show notes as well, but it's an article from CNN Parenting. This just came out you know, a couple days ago. No, yesterday. Lies, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it's called Getting Dads to Do More Around the House, starting with a history lesson. And really, this is eight pages of looking at 
kind of society structure from the last several decades, sort of what we were talking about. Um, and it even opens up like talking about the exact examples that you and I have been discussing. Who plans the dinners, folds the laundry, schedules the doctor's appointments? Probably mom most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Who's not particularly happy with the situation? <laughs> also probably mom. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we make of this? Like, I mean, because this this article obviously goes into a lot of the history. There's a lot of studies that are cited. Um, but like what I found really interesting was that it talks about, even says here, before the 19th century, fathers tended to be heavily involved with domestic activities like feeding the wood stove, fetching, carrying water, teaching their kids to read, etc. Meanwhile, then we get into, you know, the 50s, 60s, where apart from patting the kids on the head when they get home from the office, there's practically nothing so how do you how do we make sense of this how do we get to this place yeah uh well i'm gonna throw another book title out there the second shift uh that's a bit more of a popular book it was written in the 80s arlie hofschild i don't know if i'm saying her last name right but it's called the second shift okay got it and you can still buy copies of it today and she updates it with more recent stats and it's about moms and how many of them work first shift jobs which is their job nine to five job and then they work second shift jobs which is doing the laundry making the doctor's appointments getting Mm -hmm. dinner on the table doing the grocery shopping and that's the second shift but there's a double meaning in the title the second shift and she talks about the history of it which this article gets into yeah so when we were largely a farming society most dads were stay-at-home dads. They stayed home and took care of the farms, and they taught their kids how to farm, and they were involved in their kids' lives. Yeah. And everybody stayed home. And then when the Industrial Revolution hit and factories got built, we had a shift in the economy where men left the home to work in factories. And it worked out fine because there was still support at home. Women stayed at home. And Kept, literally kept the home fires burning. They sewed the clothes and cooked the food. Yeah. And then they became the primary parents. But like this article points out and that book points out, that wasn't always the case. Yeah, Both parents were primary parents at one time. Then we've had a second shift Aha, there uh, it is. in our economy where in the 1980s, it's not like women were going to work for the first time, but in the 1980s was the decade really where moms went to work full-time outside the home in mass numbers. Yeah, with like a capital W. Right, and so yeah. we had this second shift in our economy where now both parents were outside the home working. So now who's at home to take care yeah. of things? Whose so, responsibility does that lie on? Right, yes. and it, it lied with the moms for mm-hmm. the most part because they had historically at that point, as far as anyone could remember they had handled that stuff. We couldn't right. remember 200 years ago when the dad was just as involved at home yeah. as the mom. So all of that stuff fell to the mom. Something suffers. The mom's life suffers. Or the home suffers. And things just don't get done. Mm-hmm. And things don't get cleaned. And nutritious dinners don't get put on the table. Or all of that stuff does happen, but the mom is burning the candle at both ends and only sleeping four hours a night and doing... Which isn't good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. Nope. And it's what the author of the book calls super momming. Uh, and then there's another solution, which is the dad could do more. <gasps> right. Mike just <laughs> that, And that's what she taught... And that's what this article talks about. Yeah. Is And they say in the article, you know, it begins with, let's insist on paternity leave. 
so that dads can get some time away. I was from literally work. just going to bring that up. I mean, we right. I, I think we can say as a blanket statement without too much controversy landing anywhere that family leave policies in our country are again we can't swear but they're they're nonsense oh they're terrible they're absolutely terrible for for moms and dads for everybody yes yes for literally everybody one of the things that's uh that even talks about in this article in the section about paternity leave uh it wraps up by saying as promising as a universal gender neutral paid leave policy is it's not unfortunately something any of us can count on tomorrow nor will it help all the men and women who already have kids for these parents the fight for systemic change will have to be matched with changes at home Yes. If we can change, and I hope that's what those two blog posts that I wrote kind of get to, is that if the dads start doing more at home, that's not going to wipe out the mental load imbalance by tomorrow. Right. But at least it'll take some of the pressure off the moms. And if the kids can witness it happening, if they can see daddy doing laundry and Mm -hmm. packing lunches and vacuuming when the vacuuming needs to be done, not because mom told him to, because he noticed the living room needed to be vacuumed, and that's one of the things the article talks about. I think yeah. it uses a soccer uniform as the uh, as the example. Like she wants a, a husband who will wash the soccer uniform because he notices it's dirty and he knows that there's a soccer game tomorrow. That's what she wants. Not because she says, "Hey, if you remember, so and so has a soccer game. I'm gonna right. need you to yeah." And then, and then it's almost like there's this point system, like, you know, absolutely, I will do that. And I will help you and score a point in my, yes. yes. And you shouldn't be doing it to score a point, dad. You should be doing it because this is your kid too. Well, and even coming back to your article that your, your blog post that you wrote, the first one we talked about, um, on vacuuming, you literally say, don't do it because your partner asked you to do it because you're an adult who noticed the living room needs to be vacuumed. Right. You know, like it's very succinct and direct the way that you put it, but you're absolutely right. Like just do it because you look around and you're like, Ooh, this floor looks nasty. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should vacuum that. Right. Don't just assume that it's all taken care of. That CNN article that I sent to you in the second shift book, they do talk about parental leave and how paternity leave would be nice and that's a step in the right direction. And I think just in general, dad's doing more around the house is a step in the right direction. We're not going to solve this uh, tomorrow. But uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention about that book, The Second Shift, is that she profiles 10 couples, 10, I say husband and wife, but not all of them were married. Uh, 10 couples who had kids, and they were from all over the socioeconomic spectrum. And in some cases, the mom stayed home full time or worked part time or both parents worked full time. And she just kind of explored how all these different couples deal with it. And they were all under a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And like I said, no matter what, you're sacrificing something. Yeah. If the mom decides to stay home, there's an economic sacrifice. But the if things were coming to a head and the husband was working full time and the wife was working full time and everything was chaos and the wife was saying i can't do this anymore i can't handle my first shift job and my second shift job of taking care of this family mm-hmm. most of the time not all the couples but most of the couples do you know what the husband's solution to that was it was well honey maybe you could talk to your boss and get down to part time or maybe you could uh maybe you could quit or maybe you could work from home a couple days a week so you yeah. can do the laundry while you work very rarely was the husband's solution, 
oh, I'll step up and do more. Okay. It was the onus was on the mom to, to figure to out how it, to make to this make it, work. Yeah. Even in couples where the husband made more, or where, even in couples where the wife made more money than the husband, really, the husband's solution was still maybe you could go down to part time, or hmm. maybe you could quit your job. And I, you know, the husbands would say, I 100% support you working, but how you're going to balance the work with the family, that, that's on you. So then at that point, now you not only have moms that are, you know, working with that capital W work and they've got the full-time job and all of these other things, but they're also still having, or at least the expectation seems to feel that they also still have to juggle all of the rest of it too. And I mean, that's just, it's just, I can speak from experience. It's overwhelming mm -hmm. and yeah. it feels so exhausting. And the cover of the second shift book is it shows a mom, a drawing of a mom. And I can't remember exactly what it looks like, but it is the classic working mom drawing mm. where she's like holding a baby in one hand. She has a briefcase in the other hand. There's a with a smart a, suit with right, a pencil skirt yes, and yep, mm -hmm. heels. Yep. And uh, there's a pot of food up in the air and there's this yep. thing and she's literally juggling all these things. Yes. And if you do a Google image search for working mom, that's often what you find. This yep. mom who's juggling all this stuff at the same time. You know, when we talk about the solutions to that, I, I found this article in the newspaper. I clipped it out of the newspaper. You can hear... Yes, it's an actual newspaper. It's an actual newspaper. You can hear the paper rattling <laughs> I joked around. with him when he came in. I was like, this needs to go in a museum. Yeah, Keep it nice and crisp. it's a newspaper clipping. We get the Sunday Journal Sentinel at our house. <laughs> and uh, this is a great article about a group that is getting put together. It's a They're putting together a directory of businesses owned by moms in the Milwaukee area. And the Milwaukee Mom Facebook page mentioned this the other day. What is the name of the... Working link? Moms of Milwaukee. And I think that's great. And this is Working Moms supporting other working moms. And, it, yep. and it's, a, it's a directory of businesses owned by moms. And I think that's terrific. Here comes the but. The, all of the solutions on how, like you said, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard juggling all that stuff. What makes me a little sad is, and again, I can't say this enough, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be okay. Yes. <laughs> I am not the victim yes. of systemic sexism by any means. <laughs> what makes me sad is that so many of the solutions to how the moms can deal with this stuff better. Oh, God. I'm trying to say this without sounding like a mansplaining to, like, I'll tell you how to deal with them. Let them... <laughs> let, here, little lady, let me tell you how to right. fix this. <laughs> All of the solutions are still centered on moms. Yeah. And so here's a, here's a mom support group. Here's a an online article of 30 everyday dinners that working moms can make. Mm -hmm. Here's how you mm -hmm. can use your Crock-Pot mom to better feed your family. Here's how you can use your Instapot. They're all online grocery shopping and curbside pickup. It's You Google online grocery shopping, curbside pickup. You find all these articles that are geared toward moms. Yeah. The marketing is geared toward moms. I think a group that brings together working moms to support each other is fantastic. I think it's terrific. It's still putting the onus on moms to figure out how to deal with all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Those solutions are all about how moms can work within these circumstances. And I think we should talk more about how we can change the circumstances, which puts the onus on men. Yeah. That if if men would drop their preconceived gender role notions and step up more 
at home. That that would be that would probably talk about supporting moms, yeah. <laughs> moms supporting other moms, you know. And I and I understand every family is structured differently. Yeah. And I'm coming from a position here where we have a mom and a dad, right, in our household. Yes. My and wife and me, and not every household looks like. There's that. a ton of different family configurations from the single mom to the single dad, you know, to partner parenting pairs to all kinds of different right. things. To two moms and. And or two dads or a mom and a grandpa uh, raising or an uncle and an aunt. Or even like a multi-generational family. Yes. There's all kinds of things. So I am speaking from my perspective with that. But it would be nice to see fewer solutions that still put it on the mom. Yeah. It's up to you to figure out how to balance all this and make it all work. Totally. Totally. And more solutions that focus on changing the circumstances. Well, and even going, you know, talking about how do we create those more often than not the single parent family. Now, obviously, there's the times where it's just been, you know, tragically changed and where from the death of a parent, but the ones where there's been a separation of some sort that we could look at probably study after study and, you know, years after years that shows that the majority then of the child care responsibility Mm -hmm. would be placed with mom Mm -hmm. more often than not yes Mm -hmm. i mean the stats would be there to support that whether that's right or wrong is right this for the sake of his conversation is not what we're discussing what we're saying is that the stats would show us Mm -hmm. that so then now that's literally perpetuating exactly what you're saying it's up to mom this now the single mom to figure this out to be to make sure that you're making the full-time income, but also spending a lot of time with your children, all of these things. And she's got what support to back her up. And, and that kind of stuff is somewhat based on reality. The sad reality that men still make more money for doing the same work than women. So it's the woman who's going to get stuck raising the kid. And it's the man who's going to then have to pay child support because he has more earning potential. So that's so that situation is based on that sad, unfair, unbalanced reality, and then in turn perpetuates that yes. sad, unfair, unbalanced reality. Which brings us back to toxic toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. the systemic issue. I mean, like it's all this snowball. Yeah. It's like one of those, you know, whenever, whenever you see the rubber band balls where mm-hmm. it's like a million rubber bands that have all just like wrapped together into one big old rubber band ball and you can't tell the difference between where one rubber band ends and the other one starts. Mm-hmm. But you know that they're all working to get together to create this conglomeration of suck. Right. It, yes. Yeah. It feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that means there's no easy way to... It's not like we can flip one switch or do one thing tomorrow that's going to reverse all this. Yeah. It's a matter of just changing our perspectives. One rubber band at a time. One rubber band at a time. So if you you would want moms to take one lesson or nugget away from this conversation about, you know, these, these generationally perpetuated gender roles when it comes to family, direct from the mouth of a stay at home dad, what would you want them to hear? And to take with them. Can I say two things? I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. I'd say number <laughs> one, talk to dads on the playground. We, if you treat us like parents, 
if you talk and maybe you don't like talking to anybody and that's fine right that's cool yeah. I'm not saying you have to talk to anybody you don't want to talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you are a, a mom who if goes you're a social to, person. if you're a social yeah. person and you're a mom who goes to playgrounds and talks to other moms and you see a dad there, talk to him too. Include him in that conversation. And right. your kids will see you doing that. Yeah. And your kids will learn something from that, that dads are parents too. And then they'll grow up to understand that. And along those same lines, I think the other thing, the other takeaway I would want to put out there is let's try, and I say this to the the boss of the Milwaukee Moms blog. Oh boy. Let's try in everyday conversation replacing the word moms with parents. Yep. So when you say, oh, you're cleaning your room. Isn't that nice? Your mom will love that. Change it to, I bet your parents will love that. Or what did your mom pack in your lunch today? Change it to, what did your parents, what did your caregiver who packs your lunches pack in your lunch today? Uh, Kicks, the cereal. Okay. What's their their, uh, slogan? Uh, kid tested mom approved it's not anymore it's kid tested parent approved on their cereal boxes man so many of those things that you like you just love that they're like ingrained into the Mm -hmm. deep parts of your brain that you don't even remember that you know it until you bring that up and kicks changed their package now to kid tested parent approved perfect i love that because our kids read cereal boxes remember jiff uh choosy moms choose Choose jiff I don't even know if they, I don't even know what we, their slogan is. We got to look into that. We got to look into it. I got to look into mm-hmm. that. Because yeah, as soon as you said kicks, now that one popped into my head too. Yeah, the choosy moms choose Jeff. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Huh. Um, it reminds me of like uh, that. Um, did you see kind of, it was a viral video that went, took place before the, okay, I'm going to really play my, my girly card here. And yes, mm. I'm saying girly because I have, I actually have a coffee mug that commemorates, um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding. Okay. Okay. I'm just, just go with me on it. I'm a little bit of a, of a dweeb about the Royal family, but prior to the wedding, there was this video that resurfaced from when Meghan Markle was, I think like an early teen, I want to say 12, 13 years old, but I'd have to verify that when she's literally sent letters to Dawn, I think it was Dawn dish soap because they had this ad campaign about how, you know, like moms everywhere have, Mm. you know, are struggling with dirty dishes. Mm -hmm. And the whole ad campaign was about how, you know, oh my gosh, moms are really having a hard time with these dirty dishes, but they just need to use a better dish soap. And (laughs) we don't need dads to take ownership of dishes. We need better dish soap for moms. Yeah. So she like had this whole, you know, speech about how she wrote letters, not only to the company, but to politicians and Mm -hmm. all these places and actually got through enough, even as like a small child to them to literally change the campaign to people everywhere are struggling with dirty dishes. I love it. (laughs) Like, wow, look at that. Like... It's not just moms that are struggling with dirty dishes. Something similar happened with Huggies a few years ago where they did this whole campaign. They had these TV commercials and it was something like, I'm going to paraphrase. Mm -hmm. It was, we put Huggies diapers to the ultimate test. Dads. And they (gasps) showed all these moms leaving their homes for the day to go to like a spa day or some sort of treat yourself day for the moms. And then the dads were left home with the babies. And the point was Huggies diapers are so absorbent and so... So easy to use. So easy to use. Even the dad dad can pull it off. Man. And it, it was upsetting that that ad campaign made it 
to the air. Yeah. Knowing how many people had to approve that thing and how many people looked ahead and thought, yeah, this is good. This yeah, will totally. work. Yeah, this totally. Will but the what was wonderful is the pushback that it immediately received on social right. media and everywhere else. People saying, would you stop that? Yeah. Idea that dads are these lovable dopes who can't change their baby's diapers. Yeah. And uh, Huggies, they they pulled that campaign and then and now they have diapers where they've made the bl- the boxes all black and they put a dad on them <laughs> and they're real manly colors like real monochromatic like the uh, dude diapers yeah so it's like they didn't quite get the memo yeah baby <laughs> fully. steps they're, they still think they need to call attention to the fact that it's a dad i can't wait for the day <laughs> when you see a diaper commercial where they show a mom changing a diaper and then they show a dad changing a diaper and they don't and it's not call weird. attention to it. It's they just don't. diaper changing. It's just right. When you yeah. see it in like, you know, just these little subtle ways in, you know, memes and I mean, all kinds of things that just get shared all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, yes, I can be frustrated about, you know, the particular dad in my world, sure. you know, at, at a particular moment. But that those qualities do not then apply to literally every dad ever and you know bringing it back to pop culture and movies and television you and i were talking about this before we even started recording about movies that should never have been made but also mm-hmm. tv shows that for countless years i mean we could probably list dozens off the top of our heads of shows and very popular shows that literally that was the dad character. They mm-hmm. were this lovable oaf that mm-hmm. just had well-meaning intentions, but just couldn't seem to do much of mm. anything. Yeah, mom had to go to a conference for the day and left dad home with the kids and oh. the washing machine overflowed. Something and... started on fire. Mm-hmm. Couldn't figure out how to make a sandwich. Oh. This mm-hmm. poor dad, but he was just trying so hard. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, mom was able to get home early and clean it all up. Whew. Thank goodness. And then they all hug and laugh and love one another at the end of the day. Yeah, that, those don't do anybody any good. You know, but, it, you know, we were literally, but these were very popular. Mm-hmm. We we still see that archetype, you know, less less now for sure. Oh, yeah. But it's still there. Yes. And there's a shift happening and it's good to see it happen. And there are some, these are the things I pay attention to. There are some uh, uh, laundry detergent commercials now that show mm. dads. Yes. Doing yes. laundry. And sometimes they point out that it's the dad doing laundry. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes I wish, it's just a parent doing laundry. I wish they wouldn't point it out. Yeah. So like we're, we're on the right path. We're, yeah. we're now seeing dads do laundry in laundry detergent commercials. Next step is stop pointing out that dad's mm-hmm. doing laundry. Just yeah. show it. Well, coming all the way back to the things that some of the, the other things you said at the beginning where you're like, I'm fine. You know, like yeah, I am, I, I am not the oppressed uh, person here, right. you know, but we're, you know, we're, we're seeing that more. We're seeing more, um, same sex couples being represented in yes. media and advertising as it not being a thing. It's just, here's the parents taking mm-hmm. care of their child in this advertisement. Um, and so, but like you say, the less it's just like pointed out is like, look at us getting a gold star for, for this. For our it's inclusiveness. Just, right. Right. As it's, opposed to just doing it. Correct. And you know, when you're talking about even just down to the making of the lunches for your daughter, it, it took generations to get here. There's probably a good chance it's going to take generations, you know, a, a shift here in this generation, and then a slightly bigger shift mm-hmm. here in this next generation for things to 
to change and to grow. But yes, it'll it's going to take time, but it all has to start somewhere. And it, it can just it can start with dads doing more and yeah. picking up the slack more. And maybe that means sacrificing a little bit of your leisure time or sacrificing a little bit of your work and well, you know, guess what? Moms yeah. have been doing that for a while now. So I can we I wanna wrap up this section with one question though that mm-hmm. has been burning in my mind that I have to know. Oh. I just have to know if this is... Who's watching my kids right now? No. Okay. No. They're at school. I know <laughs> they're this. They're at school, yeah. Um, I have to know if this is actually a dad thing mm-hmm. or if this is just a, a, another assumption that all of us moms have made, okay? Okay. Okay. The bathroom trip. Does it actually require 20 to 25 minutes or are you guys just... just what are you, What's happening there? What is that? I, I don't... I can't, I'm a, I'm quick. Okay. So it's not like an all dad's <laughs> it's thing. It's not an all dad's thing. No. Uh, you know, I can't speak for other dads. <laughs> I don't know. Are they trying to get away from the chaos? Are they looking at I smartphones? I saw someone it post. Just, I know it can't be healthy for your body. To sit in there for 20 minutes? Yeah. Well, if it's honestly taking you 20 minutes, then there's, then you need to. <laughs> then you need to see a doctor. To, take a look at your diet or something. <laughs> Um, but you know, go get a colonoscopy, honey. That's not, that's not normal. I saw somebody on Twitter say, boy, I don't know how we even pooped before smartphones (laughs) because we all, we had reader's digest. (laughs) Uh, so I, I I don't know. I can't answer for other dads, but I've done it before where it's like, oh, look, I'm playing words with friends (laughs) here while I'm sitting on the toilet. And, uh, so I'm going to say to answer your question, that is not an across the board dude or dad thing. All right. You'd have to ask one of those 20-minute bathroom guys what his deal is. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. All right, Dave. Tell me an unpopular opinion. (laughs) Well, all right. Uh, In the prep for this podcast, right, I was asked that question, and my unpopular opinion is the TV show Friends sucked when it aired, and it sucks more now. Defend thyself. (laughs) I remember when Friends debuted. Uh Uh-huh. And I watched it and I can't, maybe I shouldn't give this opinion because I still have not been able to make it through a full episode. Really? I can't okay, do it. Just before we even go further, how yeah. many times have you attempted? Oh, 15 to 20 okay. times. With, I'm just assuming with different seasons. Yes. Different? Uh-huh. Okay. When it, both when it aired and yep. now that it's on Netflix. Got it. Okay. So you have a relatively decent sampling right. of of, show, of episodes you've attempted. Okay. I, carry on, sir. I grew up just watching sitcoms constantly. Yeah. All the time. And they would recycle a lot of plots. Yeah. You know, someone would get stuck in an elevator at mm-hmm. some point. Mm-hmm. Some uh, Something goofy would happen. When we I misplaced saw the baby. Friends, right. <laughs> when I saw Friends, I just thought, I've seen this before. Like, they, every plot of every episode and i've said this and people have said yeah that's what makes it so great every plot of every episode was done before on some other sitcom it was the same jokes the same characters that we've seen a million times before on a million other sitcoms the same goofy mugging toward the camera somebody has a catchphrase chandler has his could i be wearing any more clothes (laughs) right exactly he has no that's chandler no joey is how you doing no, but Joey came in making fun of Chandler. Oh, okay. He, oh, he put jo- on okay. all of Chandler's clothes. Okay. And he came in to like and was m- mimicking Chandler. Okay. By saying, "Could I be?" Yeah. Okay. But so right. we're both right. So that's <laughs> right. So it was Joey mimicking Chandler yeah. because Chandler has that dumb thing that he does yes. all the time. And Joey's, how you doing? And if the show would have just gone on 
undetected, like 30th in the ratings every week. I would have been fine with it because it was just another sitcom. But the fact that everyone fell all over themselves over that show and went yeah. gaga over it, I'm standing there screaming like, it's we've seen this before. <laughs> Everything they do, we've seen on prior sitcoms. I'm not saying it's, I shouldn't say it sucked back then. It was just a standard cookie cutter, yes. run-of-the-mill sitcom that for whatever reason became the biggest hit a in the nation. And yeah. everyone had friends' parties to gather together. So I, I guess, was in college at the time. I remember mm-hmm. I was a freshman in college, and we literally had a viewing party for Ross and Ray, or for uh, Chandler and Monica's wedding. Sure, yeah. And weddings on sitcoms have been happening forever, oh, and the yeah. Ross and Rachel relationship. Yeah, we saw that on Cheers already with Sam and Diane, and with yeah. Sam and Rebecca, and we saw it on Moonlighting with David and Maddie. I don't know if I'm giving references that anyone can follow with Moonlighting. I think, I, know, I think you had them until Moonlighting. I think yeah. Cheers where people were like, Cheers. wait, wasn't that the guy from The Good Place? Was he yeah, on that exactly. when he was younger? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, You lost him on Moonlighting, right. sir. Sorry. No, well, okay. Cheers, Sam and Diane. Like, we saw that already in 1982. And then Friends came out with Ross and Rachel, and it's like, oh my God, you know, will they or won't they? But isn't that the cycle, though? Like, we take those same types and we oh, just... Yeah. Recite, we, and it's new, been, the new, same stuff, new generation? That's the thing. I think what irked me at the time was everyone just went gaga over Ah, uh, I see. And it now was... I have a different problem with it when I watch it now. And this has been pointed out before, so you can... You can get me on my first statement that it sucked when it was on. Like, you can disagree with that up and down all you want and mm-hmm. tell me I'm the only person in the world who didn't like Friends when it was on. But there has been criticism of it now when we watch it in 2019. That some of it just really it was, doesn't hold it up. It does not hold up. The fat shaming <laughs> yeah. of Monica. The totally. constant homophobia. Yeah. The no homo mm. thing that they would do. The constant. I remember Ross, again, I'm coming at it from the perspective of a guy who still hasn't made it through an entire episode well there's the whole thing in the first in the first season where like you know he his wife he and his wife break up because she you know discovers she's a lesbian and so that doesn't exactly go oh see i didn't see know you that. didn't even know that did you they have a kid that. i, I want to yes. say he had a son yes in one episode the son, first, was was playing with, the son was playing with a doll yeah, and he did that Ross Carol. thing where he kind of freaks out and gets nervous, uh-huh. and that does not go well. No, in the that does not play well. It does <laughs> not play well. And it was at this weird point in comedy in the '90s and early 2000s where you could now say the word. I'm gonna say it, homo, because they would say no homo. There was a time if you go back 20 years before that, you you didn't say that word on TV. It was the censors would not let you. And you would not say it in a. You would not say it now because it's offensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was this weird pocket of comedy where they were allowed to say that word, and they and would it got use it as a pejorative. Yeah, and that is just you watch that in 2019. You kind of cringe. It you go, makes <gasps> you yeah. cringe. Yeah. like there was. It, it's a shameful moment in comedy on TV when there when you could get away with saying it was. Late enough that you could say these words, but not late enough that we understood you're not supposed to say these words because they're offensive. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. What is your My Milwaukee pick? So this is, again, this can be something, an activity that you like, a restaurant, a brand, a, a whatever. Something in the greater Milwaukee area that you think is just fantastic. Well, I gave you a list because I wasn't so sure bad. how to narrow it down. I, I like classic slice. I like Outpost. I'm a Bayview guy. I like Humboldt Park. I'm going to go... I like the exclusive company. 
I'm going to go with a one that I didn't include on the list. It's got, I think my happy place is Woodman's. What? Really? Wait. Of all of those, you're coming around to Woodman's oh, Market. Oh, man. I caramba. I, it's, I don't know. I walk into that place. I think it takes me back to Woodman's Wednesdays when okay. my son was I a baby. That. And that was our entire Wednesday morning. Because Woodman's is a it's big massive. place, right? Yeah, and it's a fifteen-minute drive for us to get there, and so that was our whole morning. And I walk in there now, and it all comes rushing back to me. They have everything. They do. They really do. Yeah, yeah. You need like some obscure thing for that, you know, mm-hmm. recipe that you had to suffer through the author's life story before you even got to the recipe. Right. The f- scroll through the forty-five photos. Uh huh. Like, of oh, it. man, that, that time that I was studying abroad in Italy. Nobody cares, man. No, Just get cares. me to the lasagna. Give me the ingredients and the steps. If there's that one ingredient and you don't know where to get it, I'll tell you where to get it. Woodman's Market. Woodman's. There you go. What's in your cart? This could be something that is hanging out in your cart that you haven't pulled the trigger on yet or something that you've bought recently that has really just been a, a good score. I bought a turntable. Like a record turntable. Turntable. Nice. And I said to myself, you know, like a lot of people are saying these days, we need to stop buying things and start mm-hmm. buying experiences. Mm-hmm. So here I went and bought a thing, a turntable. <laughs> turntable. But you know what? It's <laughs> it's packed. Now I can go buy records, which are more things. Right. But I Fair can enough. bring them home and play them. Mm-hmm. And that's an experience. I saw an article the other day that came across my Facebook feed, as, mm-hmm. it, as it happens, that for the first time in mm-hmm. how, since, since how long? Since the 80s. Yes. That the sale of vinyls yes. is now surprising passing yes. cds which is mostly because nobody buys cds anymore nobody does <laughs> so i it, it's people are streaming like make no mistake totally spotify oh, yeah, totally. Is, is still in that top spot i'm an amazon yes. music unlimited gal myself right. yep uh but vinyl yeah is now surpassing cds because it's an experience to go down to the record store mm-hmm. and buy that actual record it is for me anyway and like i love the record covers yeah. there's a certain thing about them I've, I've kind of joked with my parents that when they have departed this life i want their mm-hmm. car and i want their records and my yeah. sister can have literally everything else because they have a 1973 Mustang Mach 1 mm. in this beautiful yellow. It's just the mm-hmm. most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And the most insane record collection. It's just oh. gorgeous. And I still remember the smell of opening up the wooden cabinet where mm-hmm. my dad kept his records. Opening up that. And it just hits you. And then just touching them. And oh, yeah. taking the record out with that little paper mm-hmm. in there. And oh, yeah. I I'm with you. Oh, yeah. I'm and tracking then the you. Right. And the, the album cover. Mm-hmm that you don't get from digital music no, and the CD is too small and a person's head on an album cover. I'm not the first person to say this. I read this somewhere else. If like the cover of um, the river by Bruce Springsteen has his head on it and that's the size of Bruce Springsteen's head <laughs> because it's taking up the entire, and I can talk to him then while I it's, listen to his real record to size. and you put the needle on and it makes that sound. sound yep. And yeah. Even then when the music plays, it makes a certain, it has a certain tone there's, quality. There's a difference to it. Yeah. Absolutely there is. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm with you on the turntable, mm-hmm. ma'am. Yeah. I can, I can see I that. I recommend it to everyone. Spend a little bit of money. You don't have to go crazy, but, but don't get like a $35 portable record player from Target. No. Like get a turntable that you can plug into your bigger system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Noted. All right. What is coming up for you and where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about you, watch you perform in comedy sports, et cetera? Mm. 
Well, we do comedy sports uh, shows every weekend at 420 South 1st Street in Walker's Point, and we have two shows every Friday night and three shows every Saturday, 3 o'clock, 7.30, and 10 o'clock. And the 10 o'clock shows are slightly different, yes? Um, No. No? All of our shows... I thought it was that the later ones were a bit more... There's, grown up. there's a midnight show every ah, Saturday at midnight. That's and it. That gets extremely dirty. That's but it. Comedy sports shows are all ages appropriate, family friendly. If you come to a Just 10 o'clock show on a Friday or Saturday, it's pro- there probably won't be many kids in the audience. It'll be mostly adults. And it's all based on audience suggestions. So just from that, the show skews a bit more yeah. adult-like. If you would come to a 3 o'clock Saturday show, you'll find 8 year old nine-year-old birthday parties and Fun. so then the suggestions come from that then you get a lot of poop suggestions of, a lot i bet of poop and dinosaurs yep and uh <laughs> poop and dinosaurs. so you can come down to comedy sports i won't necessarily be in every show but i'm in as many as i can yep. i just uh got a text while we were on this uh podcast from uh the the guy at comedy sports who does the scheduling asking me if i can do any shows this saturday night but if you come down to comedy sports and even if i'm not in the show i you can still sit and enjoy the show in addition to comedy sports there's uh, an improv and sketch comedy group called ampersand theater and they started out by performing in the side room at comedy sports they were called mojo dojo and oh, now yeah, they I remember are that. now they're called ampersand and they just got themselves a new theater at 10th and wisconsin which I believe used to be called the 10th Street Theater. Okay. And they will be performing shows there. There's a new comedy club slash bar opening in Walker's Point in the old Sprecher Tap Room on 5th Street. It's going to be called The Laughing Tap, and they are going to have um, stand-up comics there. There's an improv comedy club opening at the Corners in Brookfield. And the improv, now this is where it gets confusing, because at Comedy Sports, we do improv. And this is called improv. This is called the improv, mm. but they do stand-up. Oh. <laughs> so the, the first improv opened in the 60s in New York. And you'll, you, know, you look at the history of the improv and like Jerry Seinfeld did stand-up there in the 70s and Richard okay. Pryor and, and all the great comics. So that was the first one in New York. And it was a stand-up club, and it has spawned sort of a franchise. Okay. So there's one in New York, there's one in L.A., there's one in Boise, and then <laughs> there's Boise again. <laughs> so now this will be the first Milwaukee area Got improv. It. So it's called the Improv because that's what the chain is called. But they will be bringing in national touring stand-up comics. Got it. So when people call comedy sports and ask who are your stand-up comics there this weekend and we have to explain to them right we don't do stand-up we do improv if you want stand-up you're gonna have to call the improv if you're not gonna see a comedy show just see a show totally see something live go oh, see you're, some you're preaching music. to the choir go over here see man some theater it's we saw the elephant and piggy play at first stage at first stage this yes. last weekend the whole family went i've heard it's fantastic it's really good it's 55 minutes long which is great for kids the tickets are 14 dollars each which is like a movie and and it's a live theater experience yep. and you're bringing your kids and teaching them here's this thing called live theater there's a ton of really awesome live theater around here yes a there ton is. yeah there's no like there's so many options and like you said mm-hmm. in a variety of accessible price points there's a yes. there's so many so many opportunities there, yeah. no matter where in the area you live there's mm-hmm. something near to you that you can see performers on stage yes so i'm i'm there with you go on that see one. a show put your phone in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> and experience the live show well dave i 
can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day. I know that you are a busy, very, very busy dad. So thank you very much for joining us today and having this conversation. Even when things get, you know, uncomfortable with some of these topics, like you, you and I were talking about, it's so important that we're talking about it. And I'm just really grateful that you took some time out to do this. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, sorry. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more information on what you just heard, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at Milwaukee MomCast. If you enjoyed this episode and know someone who should tune in, please share it. Grab a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories and tag us so we can say thanks. Even better, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes, which helps us more than you realize. We'll look forward to you joining us on our next episode of Milwaukee MomCast.